that's so good. That that love that sets us free, that love that casts out all fear. Are you are you glad? Are you thankful for his love this morning, church? Awesome. Let's just give God praise. Go ahead and be seated. If you would, hey, welcome once again. I'm Jeremy, and I'm a pastor on staff here at Christ Church. And uh, excited to be able to open God's Word with you this morning. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, go over to Jeremiah chapter 17. And we're going to be there in just a minute if you're joining us online. Welcome for those who are joining us uh, virtually this morning. So we're in a series called Mind Wars. Mind Wars, the battlefield of the mind. Um, So much of spiritual warfare happens right here, right? What goes on right here and what we believe here. And so over in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, you can look up on the screen. This is kind of our theme scripture for this whole series. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, it says this, For we, though we walk in the flesh... We are not waging war according to the flesh. We live in this world, we live in this flesh and blood physical world, but our war, our war is not in the flesh, it's not according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. That means this, that the spiritual battle that we fight in is not won by guns or knives or tanks or missiles. It's not a physical battle, it's a spiritual battle where our warfare is not of the flesh, but We have divine power to destroy strongholds, spiritual divine power to fight this spiritual battle, to destroy strongholds. Now you might be like, okay, what's he talking about here? Well, he's talking about it in, in a figurative way. A stronghold in Bible times looked something like this. A stronghold was a fortress. It was a castle. It was well fortified. It was a defensive position. It was a military um, installation. And so when Paul says a stronghold, the picture they would have got is stronghold is like this. It's a building. Why does he use that picture? Because a stronghold um, is, it's a defensive uh, building. It's, it's a prison. It's well protected. It's a defensive structure. Side note, um, in your life, the areas in which you tend to be defensive or, or quick to want to argue or push back, that may indicate a stronghold of thinking. So the next time your spouse gets defensive, and I know that probably never happens for you, but you know, the next time your spouse gets defensive, you can be like, honey, you seem awfully defensive. Perhaps we're dealing with a stronghold. Okay, just, just all you gotta do, just say that, just say that, they'll fall to their knees, they'll be like, I just want to be free, please help me, what do I need, you know? Works every time. Just tell them, you're awfully defensive. A stronghold is a defensive structure, it's a defensive building. And so when Paul says we, we have divine power to destroy strongholds, what is he talking? Is he talking about like that? No, it's, he's saying it's not physical. We, here he goes on, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. What Paul is saying is the stronghold, the spiritual strongholds are are deeply ingrained patterns of thinking. Strongholds are what you really truly believe deep within your heart. Strongholds are comprised of fears and lies. And they lie deep within our subconscious and, and often they control our lives unknowingly. We don't understand why we react the way we do, why we feel the way we do. It's because of these deeply ingrained patterns of thinking. The good news is strongholds can come crashing down, that we have divine power to pull down these strongholds, and we do that with the truth of God's word. The war is winnable. 
Now, the, the stronghold, we've been picking out a different stronghold of, of thinking each week. And if you haven't been here, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the, the opening of the message and then listen to the I am worthless and the I am not good enough strongholds. And that really kind of sets a good pad for this one today. The lie or the fear, the stronghold of thinking we're going after today is this. I need their approval. I need their approval. Now, as we were planning this message series, the team all agreed. They're like, Jeremy, you're, you are a complete train wreck in this area. You probably should preach this message, right? I need their approval. Now, this lie, though, this stronghold of thinking falls under a broader biblical category called the fear of man. The fear of man is something that we all deal with. We struggle with to some degree or another. Many, many people struggle with this lie right here. I need their approval. And so we're going to approach a passage of scripture over in Jeremiah that really cuts at the roots of the actual issue when we believe that I need their approval lie. Um, This is the big idea. So if you're taking notes, write this down. This is so key. Everything that in this passage and what we're going to talk about today really kind of filters through this idea. I don't need people's approval when I have God's approval. I don't need people's approval when I have God's approval. Now, that doesn't mean that God approves of everything that we do or think. Oftentimes, God does not approve of our attitudes, our actions, our behaviors. It also doesn't mean that if somebody's disapproving of you, that you should automatically just reject them because I don't need your approval, right? It's not that I care too much or that I don't care. Both of those ways are errant ways of thinking, but it's that I care most what God says and what he thinks, and I ultimately want to please him. So this Jeremiah passage really chops at the roots of this issue of needing people's approval. Needing people's approval. So let's read Jeremiah chapter 17. We're going to read verses 5 through 10. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Verse 9 and 10, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Let's pray. Lord, there's so much in there, God, and and your word is so true. And these themes echo all through scripture, and you've been saying it to us for years and years and years. I pray today by your spirit that that we would hear it, we would hear the truth, and Lord, that there would be great freedom from this stronghold of, of fear and the lie that I need their approval. Would you do that work in us today, Holy Spirit, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So just to give some context here, Jeremiah is prophesying, prophesying to the nation 
uh, and, and he, they've become so entrenched in their ways. They've, they've so turned away from God. They're worshiping all these, these idols, these foreign gods. Their hearts have grown so hard that Jeremiah is likening their hearts to being like, like rock or granite, that, that sin has been etched on their hearts. They've, they've turned to the worship of idols, and, and they've also done another interesting thing. Instead of trusting the Lord for his divine protection, they've begun to make foreign alliances. They've begun to, to uh, get into an alliance with Egypt because Egypt was the superpower. And the thinking went something like this. If, if we're friends and we're allies with this nation and allies with this nation, we're good. We're going to be protected because we've got, we've got like a, this big, strong team around us. And their hearts had drifted away from, from God. And Jeremiah is warning them of this impending judgment. So they've turned and placed their security and their hope in these false gods and in these foreign alliances. And Jeremiah is going, bad choice, mistake. Here's the first point that we see from this passage. Needing people for security makes me insecure. We try to personalize this so that you can come back to it over time. Needing people for security, if I need somebody else to make me feel secure, to make me feel protected, that leads to a very insecure existence. That's why Jeremiah says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man. Now, cursed here doesn't mean like God's like black magic, abracadabra, curse. It's not a magic thing. What this means is cursed means frustrated, difficult, lost, exposed, weak, and vulnerable. Uneasy, unsettled, unstable, double-minded, fearful, threatened, insecure. Has anybody ever felt those things before? I know I've certainly felt those things. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. That doesn't mean that we don't tr- you don't trust anybody. Live super suspicious. That's not what he's saying. He's saying cursed is the path of the heart who ultimately trusts in humans to be what only God can be. He goes on to say, and makes flesh his strength. They had become so entrenched in their idol worship and their foreign alliances that they were trusting those things for provision and protection. But we do the same thing. Anything that we trust for protection or provision or worth or value or identity or purpose, if we put our confidence, our security, our internal well-being in anything other than God, those things become idolatrous, they become idols, and they become strongholds of thinking. That's why Jeremiah is saying, "Cursed." that's a cursed path who makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Now he's talking about the heart what we can see in this passage is is that ultimately this is a worship issue. See, we all place our confidence or our security or our well-being, knowingly or unknowingly, we find and rest that on something somewhere. It's just not always in God. And when it's not in God, we we live a frustrated life. See, the thing about fear is this, whatever you fear, you worship the opposite. If this, if this whole passage is really a worship issue, what do, we, what do we hold in the highest esteem? What do we value the most? What do we look to for protection, provision? What are we worshiping? Everybody worships something, okay? We're all worshipers. What are you, what are you finding protection and security in? Whatever you fear, you worship the opposite. Let me put it to you like this. If you worship excuse me, if you fear poverty or you fear lack or you fear being poor, you're going to worship wealth and money and possessions. If you fear pain and suffering, you're going to worship comfort. 
If you fear the unknown, you worship predictability. If you fear failure, you worship success. If you fear ignorance, you worship knowledge. If you fear chaos, you worship control. And then here, right into this issue today of needing people's approval, if you fear rejection or you fear disapproval from people, you will worship their approval. And, and whether we know it or not, our hearts drift that way. And we begin to look to those things for security, for confidence. And what Jeremiah is saying here makes flesh his strength. And we do this without even realizing it. And then we find ourselves in a stronghold and we're like, how did we get here? It's a worship issue. The good news is right worship is the answer. In the process of destroying strongholds or arguments or lofty opinions or every thought that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God or the truth, the good news is is that worship, true worship of God, is, is the pathway to freedom. But it's often counterintuitive. It's often, but, but I think and I feel and I want, and I know God's word says that, that he loves me and my approval is in him, but I need that person. I need that person to be okay with me. And if they're not okay with me, if they're disapproving of, of what I am thinking or my opinion or my decisions and they disapprove of it, it just, I can't, I'm so uneasy. It makes me insecure. If they're not okay with me, I'm not okay with me. Has anybody ever felt that before? Man, that's the stronghold of, of I need their approval. Jeremiah goes on to say, He's like a shrub in the desert. It might look a little bit like this picture right here, this little tiny poor shrub in the desert. Now, in the context of Jeremiah, they would have been pretty well acquainted with the, the Judean wilderness and, and the desert in the Middle East. And, and he's referring to a juniper, a dwarf juniper. And it's a short, stunted little shrub that is never going to get any bigger. It's alone. It's dry, it lives in an arid environment, it's weak, unstable, it's easily uprooted. And here's, here's the key, that poor little shrub is completely dependent on exterior circumstances, like it's dependent on rain to fall. And when we live needing people to approve of us, when we live needing their approval, or are we trusting in the strength of, of the flesh or the man, of man, we, that's what our lives end up like. Dry, arid, it's like a little bush needing rain badly but, li- but living in a desert. It's kind of like when, when that approval comes, when that, oh, you know, you get that compliment or that affirmation, it feels like this cool rain, like, ah, oh, I'm good, I needed that so bad, right? I'm so thirsty for approval. Dried out little shrub and shall not see any good come. This little, poor little juniper, dwarf juniper, shall not see any good come. What Jeremiah is saying is that there's absolutely no prospect of improving. That's it. That's never changing. Short little, stunted shrub, dried out, weak, easily uprooted, completely subject to external circumstances and conditions. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. That means alone, lifeless, fruitless. They would have understood the Dead Sea and all the salty surroundings that it, because of how salty it was, it couldn't sustain life. So Jeremiah is drawing a contrast here. He's saying if you fear man, if you put your, your trust or your, you dep- depend on people for strength and specifically in this context today, if you need people's approval, your life ends up looking like that. 
So let me ask you the question. And because you might already be thinking, maybe at the first mention of needing approval, you're like, I know exactly who that person is. Who's the person that you need approval from? Who's that person that just wields so much power over you that perhaps you've put that person in the place of God? Is it, is it a mother? Is it a father? Honestly, sometimes parents, it can even be our kids, if we're honest. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's like, I just, I need that approval from my spouse. Maybe it's an in-law. Maybe it's friends or a friend group that has this certain expectation and this, you have a reputation and you have to, you're constantly having to live up to their expectations and their thought of your reputation. You, you live under this fear and, and, and maintaining and needing their approval. It could be a boss, could be a teacher, could be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Oftentimes in, when, when couples become sexually active before marriage, it's not even so much a physical thing as it is more of an approval thing, like needing a sense of, I, I'm approved, I'm approved. Could be a church leader. This happens a lot of times in church. We have, we have expectations of people who are influential in our lives and what we, we inadvertently do, unknowingly do, is we're looking for approval and then when we don't get that approval, our minds go to all sorts of places. They, don't, they hate me, they don't love me, I'm, I'm insecure, I'm out, I'm leaving, they clearly blah, blah, blah. And it's like maybe the issue is not even so much that they even know how you're feeling or even, even know that they did anything as it is more so you're wrestling internally with this stronghold of needing approval. See, people can sense this. When, when we have this, this internal brokenness, it, it kind of goes uh, one of two ways. People either react by kind of want to just push you away because they, they sense that you're like, you're, you're needy and you, you're always looking for some approval and it's this insatiable appetite and it just becomes off-putting to people, Right? Or what happens is there's people who prey upon that weakness because they sense that weakness and then they end up controlling your life. This is how codependent relationships are formed. You see that? A codependent relationship is a terribly dysfunctional relationship in which one person needs to be controlled and one person needs to be in control. And it's this weird, dysfunctional, symbiotic relationship that is very, very unhealthy, but it works like this from from the controller. If I give you what you need approval, then I can take from you what I want. I can control you. Codependent relationships need to be broken, but at the root of codependency is this issue right here, the need for approval. So you got to ask yourself the question, why do I need their approval really? Why do I really need it? Or do I really need it? Or is it true that if I have God's approval, I don't need people's approval? You know, this passage over in Colossians chapter 1 helped me tremendously. It says this, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. What Paul is saying in Colossians is that your approval, your acceptance by God is not based on anything that you do. It's based on what's been done for you. That's the gospel. This passage tells us that directly. Here's here's the key. I don't need 
people's approval when I have God's approval. You see, the answer to the fear of man is not throwing your hands up and being like, I just don't care what people think about me. It's like, well, no, you still do. You're just telling yourself that you don't care what people think about you, right? It's being overly controlled by people or being in this like super rebellious, like I'm just gonna do whatever I wanna do. And both of those things are errant ways of thinking. The answer to the fear of man is the fear of God. It's a greater fear. So if you're struggling with the fear of man today, begin to just ask God, God, would you help me have a healthy fear of you? What it does is it trumps the fear of man. Yeah, I might not like when people disapprove of me. I might not like when they disagree and it might throw me off. But you know what? I don't need people's approval because I've got God's approval. And this, this internal battle happens right here all the time. I don't need people's approval because I have God's approval. We're accepted not by what we do, but why, by what has been done for us. So if needing people for security makes me insecure... Then number two is this, relying on God for strength makes me flourish. Jeremiah draws this contrast of this short, stunted uh, shrub in the desert in these dry, arid environments needing, needing people for security makes me insecure. Relying on God for strength makes me flourish. Blessed is the man, verse seven. Look at it right there in your Bible, who trusts the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Blessed, now this is the opposite of cursed, It's a contrast. Blessed means stable, strong, purposeful, confident, unwavering, consistent, secure. We long for these things. We want that to be said of us. That's the person that I want to be. I want to rely on God for strength. We often don't recognize, though, that the reason we're so insecure is because we have misplaced our security. We're worshiping the wrong things. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Stable, purposeful, strong, confident, unwavering, consistent, secure. He's like a tree planted by water. Looks maybe something like this, kind of a a nice contrast, right? Strong, deep, rooted, nourished, that sends out its roots by the stream, firm and secure. This picture that Jeremiah is painting for us is a picture of a life that is completely dependent on God. Notice the difference between the shrub in the desert and the tree planted by water. The shrub is completely dependent on exterior circumstances, needing rain, and then the tree is completely unmoved by external circumstances. You see the difference? It's like whatever happens, happens. The tree is like, it can be hot, it can be dry, it can be cold, it doesn't matter because its roots are deep into the source. That's why Jeremiah says it does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green. Does not fear. Fear is the root issue. Today, if you're struggling with this stronghold of needing people's approval, it is ultimately a worship issue and a fear issue. And the fear of God and needing God's approval is the answer. Free from fear, consistent, stable, not moved by external forces. Just think about that for a second. It doesn't matter how hot it is. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what season it is. The person whose hope and trust is firmly rooted in Christ is gonna be fruitful and green no matter what and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. 
fear and anxiety. You know, needing people's approval. The fear of man produces great anxiety. Maybe today for someone, you're struggling with anxiety and you're like, I don't understand and I'm doing everything I can. I'm, I'm trying to work against it and I'm taking medicine and, and I'm not saying don't take medicine, but I'm saying maybe the reason you're anxious is because of this very issue right here. That you have, you have, you have a worship issue that you have, you have given someone way too much power in your life. And and mistakenly, you've put them in the place of God. And their words are the words of God to you. And so whether if you don't have their approval, your life is a mess. You just don't know what to do. Anxiety, fear. You know, last in last week's message, I thought it was it was so good. And, and Pastor Brian was talking about di- a different stronghold in, in week one. We just kind of framed up the stronghold series, Mind Wars. And then he talked... Uh, the second week about this lie, I am worthless. Hit that out of the park. And then last week he was talking about this stronghold, this lie of um, I'm not good enough. And he put this this screen up and I was sitting in the back and I'm like, oh, that's so good. I, I, could, I don't even need to prepare this week. I could just preach this next week, you know. I wanted to grab it and just add this one to it. In Christ, I am forgiven. I am loved. I am innocent. I am covered, I am freed, I am victorious, I am righteous, I'm adopted. And then today's, I am approved. Our approval that we need, that we're craving, each person, every person created in God's image is just desiring and longing to be known and to be loved and to be approved and to have identity and to have worth and value. And we find all of that in what Jesus has done for us. That's the answer. So today, if you're battling the stronghold, maybe snap a picture of that and go back to that this week. Maybe go back to that Colossians uh, verse and and read that and make that a prayer for yourself. Maybe just soak in this Jeremiah 17, 1 through 10, excuse me, 5 through 10. Because if if I don't need people's approval when I have God's approval, I don't need people's approval, I have God's approval. So it kind of takes us to this question, and so why would... We want anything else. I mean, Jeremiah does a great job of, of the contrasts, the, the, the person who fears man, the person who trusts on in man for strength and, and uh, is like this dried up little shrub, and it's like, man, that's, that's really true. But the person who trusts God and who looks to God for it to be his strength is like this tree planted by, by the river and, and, and its roots are deep. Like, why would we want anything else? But yet we still seem to end up more like the shrub than we do the tree. I love in scripture how oftentimes God will, will do these like amazing contrasts like, hey, today I've set before you life and death. He's like, choose life, right? And yet somehow in our waywardness, we always wander down the wrong path. Even being clear that it's like, I know this, this is not going to satisfy me. I know that it's wrong, but yet because there's this deep need in me, I'm just going to go that way. And, and it's a worship issue deep within our hearts. That's number three. My heart is the problem. This is a pretty well-known text if you've been around church world for a while is, is Jeremiah 17 verses 9 and 10. But once you see it in context, it makes more sense. But let's talk about this. He, my heart is the problem. Our hearts are the causal core. 
Here's the thing, until we deal with what we really, truly, honestly, at the base level believe in our hearts, we will never be free of the stronghold. It comes down to what you really, truly believe and what fear you're truly harboring. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Our hearts deceive us. When people say, just follow your feelings, it's like that's some of the worst advice on the planet, you know? Just follow your feelings. And, you, and then you do, and you find yourself in like a complete disaster. Because I followed my feelings. Well, yeah, because your heart is deceitful and desperately sick. That's the human condition. That's what sin has done to all of us. We are, have an incurable condition of the heart. And without divine grace and without God's intervention, we are stuck in this stronghold and we are imprisoned. He goes on to say, who can understand it? Our own hearts. We can't even rightly discern our own thoughts and motives of, of our own hearts. But we think we're experts of everybody else, right? Because of sin and selfishness, we become proud and blind. We become so good at justifying ourselves and blaming everyone else. The heart is so deceitful and desperately sick. Who can understand it? We can. You know, the good news is, is that God knows your heart better than you know your heart. That's what he says here in verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind, right? Your innermost thoughts and motives, the deeply held beliefs, the, the deeply ingrained patterns of thinking and heart, highly heart-held beliefs. That's what a stronghold is. And the Lord goes, I search the heart and I test the mind. Now, we, we might be able to hide it from everyone else. We might be able to fool everybody into thinking that it's this or that, but God sees right through us. He sees right through us. And I'm glad he does. You can't pull the wool over God's eyes. Amen, church? Can't do it. He's like, I search the heart, I test the mind. And that is happening in our lives. And he says, I give to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. God's the only one who can judge perfectly, righteously, and justly. I give to everyone according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Here's the problem with strongholds of the heart or the mind is you can't escape them by running away. If we mistakenly think that what I'm deal, dealing with is them or it's out there or specifically with this need for approval, man, I'm in this really bad relationship and I know I'm worshiping their approval and it's this codependent and I'm being controlled and I'm being oppressed and I'm being smothered and I'm, I, but I've let myself, and if I can just get out of this relationship, or I can just get out of this job and I can just go over here and just, I, it's because the problem is the situation and if I can just get a different situation, my problem is solved. Unfortunately, everywhere you go, you go with you, right? The stronghold is not external, the stronghold is internal. You cannot run from your own flesh. You cannot run from your own strongholds. It has to be faced everywhere you go, there you are. The greatest problem that we face lies within us, not outside of us. That's why scripture is so clear that the work of God is, is done on the inside. If you need people's approval and acceptance, you'll always gravitate towards the person who gives it to you. 
You see that? Don't run and think, I just need a different setting. You're, you're running from the problem and it will follow you and you'll find yourself in the same spot over and over and over and over again because you've got a stronghold of thinking in your hearts. If you need approval from that person or that group, they can control you by withholding it. And then now you're controlled by external forces. You're controlled by people. Every move you make is to make sure that you maintain their approval and your heart has drifted away and you're you're worshiping false gods. And it is a cursed path. And it is a horrible place to live. So then what's the answer? Right? If the heart's so deceitful and wicked, wicked and, and sick and incurably sick, what's the answer? Well, the answer is, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's you need a heart transplant. We need heart transplants. That's what the gospel of Jesus Christ does that nothing else in the planet can do. Nothing. You see, it's not about you trying hard to be good enough. It's about you receiving the grace that has been freely poured on you. It's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus has done for you. And your approval from God is is settled and your heart is secure and it's strong and it's confident when you simply believe that he he has accepted you and he loves you and he's called you. Not because of anything you did, but because of what Jesus did for you. That's the gospel. That's the hope of the world. That's what we need. That's what our souls are craving. And it's such good news. But to be free of the stronghold, we have to first face the lies and face the fear. And then we just have to soak in the truth. You know, you live, you abide somewhere, right? You either abide in the prison of of the stronghold of your wrong thinking or the, the stronghold of needing people's approval or the fear of man, or you abide in Christ. You live and dwell in Christ or you, you live and dwell in, in a prison of fear and lies. That's why Jesus said over in John eight thirty one and 32, he said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word or you live or you dwell in my word, you are truly my disciples. And then here's our, one of our favorite verses. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Interesting language. You're, you're in bondage. You're imprisoned. We're, we're in a stronghold, a, a fortress, a prison of thinking and thoughts. And Jesus is like, it's the truth that will set you free. The truth is, your approval is already finished before God. You don't need people's approval because you have God's approval. Believe that. Receive it. I know for me, um, this issue played out... Uh, <laughs> I mean, probably much of my, my life. And, and this week, um, I mean, I was, always, I was always the kid who wanted to be like in with friends and, and, and good at sports and kind of like just always attaching my identity and my worth to, to people's approval of me. And it's, all, it's the fear of man. And, and in Proverbs, it says the fear of man is a snare, it's a trap. And I think we, we so step into that so easily. We get trapped in this this fear of man. And I remember uh, Brian, Brian and Chris were in my office this week and they go, do you, um, do you remember like what, what was, when did that start? And, and sometimes, I don't know, the Holy Spirit just does this with me where uh, he'll like, he'll bring me right in to, to the inception point. And I, I go, I, I know, I remember had this flashback of a memory of, of me being in first grade in gym class and we were just over there on the other side of the football field down by the school. We were running the 50-yard dash, and I was a first grader. 
and, uh, and I was the fastest kid in my class. You probably heard of me. Um, the legend continues to this day. I am that kid. Yes, you've heard the legends. That's me. I, I won the 50-yard dash in first grade. Yeah. But I remember, like, I, I won, and I was, and, and at that point, like, in first grade, we're kind of, it was the fall time. It was still warm out, and we just got through kindergarten, and everybody's still kind of just jockeying. Cliques are being formed, and tribes are being formed, and identities are being, like, who's who, and and I remember when I, I won that 50-yard dash, all of the popular and the athletic kids were like, oh, man, you're so fast. And, and I was like, that's right, I am pretty fast, you know. And I began to attach my identity and my worth to, to this, uh, who, my athletic abilities or, you know, whatever, finding my identity there. And, and that started a, a trajectory for me that took a long, long time to get off of just looking for, like, okay, Who's approving of me? What can I do to get people to applaud? What can I do to get people to affirm? What can I do to get people to approve of me? And that made for a very, very insecure uh, life for a long time. It led me through a lot of disappointments. It led me through influential people in my life that I just desperately, desperately wanted their approval and I was always disappointed and I was always hurt and I was always confused. I, didn't, I just didn't know how to make decisions and how to navigate and, and ultimately then find my, finding myself just letting other people or, or strong, uh, strong personalities who were really, really firm and decisive kind of control my life. And I didn't even know that that was happening. I didn't know that that was what was happening. But a few years back, the Lord led me to this, this passage in Jeremiah. And I remember reading this. And, and it's like James says, I'm like looking straight in the mirror and I'm just looking at myself. I'm like, oh, I've, I have so done that. I have made flesh my strength. My heart has turned away. I, and, and you know what it does? Is it, it does stunt your growth. It makes you like a little shrub. You can never grow and blossom into who God's made you to be because you're constantly looking to people to tell you and you're constantly just trying to maintain their approval. And you wonder why you can't seem to get free in your life. You just you seem unfruitful and you're like, because, because you're not finding your roots in God. You're looking for it in people. This stronghold very much builds upon, from two weeks ago, this sense of being worthless or this idea that I am worthless. And if I'm worthless, well, then I'm certainly not good enough. And if I'm not good enough, well, then I've got to find value and I've got to, I'm looking for it and I'm, I'm craving it and I'm looking for someone to give that to me. And inadvertently then, that becomes our strength and, and we are, are worshiping false gods and we're, we're trusting in humans to sit on the throne of our hearts where really only God should. And it becomes a stronghold. It becomes a, a prison of thoughts. And again, the, the good news the good news is that that stronghold can absolutely come crashing down. But it's going to take what Jesus said over in John 8, abide. Listen, the, the door to that, that stronghold, that prison cell, the door is open. Jesus opened it. Walk out. You don't need people's approval because you've got God's approval. Sit there, soak in that, abide in that. That truth will set you free. I'd love to take a moment this morning and, and pray because I'm sure that this <laughs> hits home. I, I know, joking aside, I did ask Pastor Brian, I said, can I, can I teach that one? He's like, yeah. And, and as we've worked our way through this series, we've kind of picked ones like, 
I want to teach the one that for me, I, I'm like, I know exactly how that feels. That, I know I've been, that's, that's been my life. But I know also that I'm not alone in that. I know that, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to many people here today. And so I want to just, I want to take a moment and pray for you. And then we're going to stand and we're going to worship and we're going to declare victory. And we're going to go out singing today. And I'm asking God by his spirit and by his power that that stronghold in, in your heart, if your stronghold is I need their approval, that that could just come crashing down today. That you'd be free. You'd be free. Let's pray together. Father God, you know us. You search the heart. You test the mind. You know us far better than we know ourselves. We just submit ourselves in this moment under your authority. We fear you, not people. We don't need that person's approval because we've got your approval. May that be the source. May that be the, each person de- deep down rooted in the source of living water that comes from you alone, God. For you are our creator. You hold our past. You hold our future. In you there is freedom and there is joy. I pray, God, for each person in this place today that they would trust you fully. And if there's been a misplaced trust, a misplaced worship, that there would be a quick turning and a repentance from that and and just a, a hearty pursuit of you. And your joy, your joy would just fill our lives, God. Make us free. Make us free by your power, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and worship.